Uh, and anyway, on that uh, note, we should start talking about, uh, hey, welcome to, um, well, there's your problem. You sound A sick, podcast buddy. about engineering disasters. Yeah, maybe I am starting to get sick at this point. I don't know. Yeah, You're just, we're, we're all fucking decrepit. Uh, just just falling apart. This is awesome. This is I love to talk about social murder, and I just I feel like shit. So I'm in the right headspace for it. Um, people in the comments were saying we were gonna do Bhopal, and that was gonna be depressing. Well, jokes on you, motherfuckers, because <laughs> this is the sad one first. Yes, yes, and that's what we're here to talk about. Is one of the worst disasters, which was basically directly caused by you know politics, which we can think of. You notice this uh, large tower block in front of us uh, is on fire. Yeah, shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's not good not for do it. That, no. you, you'll notice all of the other tower blocks in this picture are not on fire. That's what you want. Um... Less on fire they are. God the damn it. There is another fire truck in the background. Hopefully not on the way to a tower block fire, although I suppose that would be Nicely symmetrical. In the United States, we have fire codes that work. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah, this is... We'll, we'll get into this, but um, this isn't the case where we talk about something being political and someone in the comments goes, Duh, how can you bring politics into engineering? No, this is, this is transparently political. Like, it involves politicians, it involves laws directly. Um... Yeah, no, it's it's very, very unsubtle about that. Yes. So, um, with that, let's uh as we'll start by talking a little about a, a little bit about the history of social housing in the United Kingdom. Hmm. Starts bad, gets better for a bit, then gets much worse. Yes. So, um we all know like the traditional social housing in the United Kingdom is uh, you know, Charles Dickens, like uh Almshouses, workhouses, you know, prisons, like, uh, well, you know, the surplus population, they can go and, you know, work off their, um, their, their whore, you know, you can go break rocks and then you will give you gruel, right? You know, mm -hmm. that was, that's the traditional social housing, which was advocated for by guys with mustaches and stovepipe hats, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, but then there was one guy with a slightly different style of moustache who kind of interfered with all of this. Uh, no? Nothing? Uh, making an Adolf Hitler reference, because he fucking bombed Britain hard enough that uh, some sizable percentage of the housing was just totally destroyed. Fucking Hitler. God damn it. I didn't make the connection, because I was thinking of, uh, like, I don't know, maybe it was like, maybe there's like some good social reformer in Britain. Um, well, there are a couple, but not, actually not with moustaches, weirdly, because they tended to be Quakers, but, um, yeah, no. Uh, Adolf Hitler wearing a stovepipe hat, for some reason. Uh, Victorian Adolf Hitler. Um, it's the worst steampunk novel I've ever read. <laughs> well, I mean, I, he, the Nazis were big into their, um, their Zeppelins, so, I mean, you've got the steampunk thing right there. They did love their Zeppelins. I just realized we forgot introductions and pronoun checks. Uh, hi, I'm just... Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, God. Five and a half minutes. Sorry, Jesus everyone Christ. in the comments yeah, who expected yeah. in the first 30 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, everyone's very angry. All right, now. go. Yeah, we're, we're, look, we're all, we're all sick, okay? Yeah, look, yeah, no, when no, when no, I listen. do my pronouns, it's, it's not going to be me answering. I'm going to be they, them for this one because it's just the accumulation of all of the fucking 
rhinovirus cells um, <laughs> that are piloting my body like an Eva. That's pretty tight, though, honestly. Yeah, no mm. rules. Um, yeah, we love it in here. I am Justin Rosniak, my pronouns are he and him. Uh, that's uh, it. <laughs> I am Alice Caldwell-Kelly, my pronouns are she and her, although I've been leaning more into the they and them thing, uh, not just out of the, vi- the rhinovirus thing, but also very much that. I-, I feel like I'm dying. Yeah, buddy. I am Liam Anderson, uh, old man Anderson on Twitter. Uh, I feel fucking great right now. Uh, pronouns are he, him. Uh, go to hell, transphobe. Same shit as always. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so back to Hitler. Back right, to Hitler, yes, yes, go on. <laughs> yeah. So in, in WW2, Hitler blew up a bunch of housing in the United Kingdom. Bastard. Yeah, he, he, he vibe-checked a lot of oh, our uh, shitty, shitty terraced housing and stuff. He was a uh, Yimby. And... Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, dumb tots. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, in Germany, Yimby is spelled with a J, so it's like a Jimby. <laughs> ja, und my backyard. <laughs> so, um, after World War II, there's this need for a lot of housing very, very quickly, right? So, yeah. we start to get, like, this concept of the council house, right? Well, we get a we get a bunch of things. We get things like new towns where we just decide, hey, we're going to build Milton Keynes on these fields, mm-hmm. uh, and we we decide that like uh, there's this wave of post-war socialism where the Labour Party gets elected, which is very very good. And aside from doing things like uh, creating the NHS, they want to create social housing. Uh, Labour councils want to create social housing, and so they do. They just build. Houses, uh, and that's that's. A, it turns out that's quite a good idea. Are you telling me you uh, could just we, build stuff and you could just yeah, do it? I, I, yeah, Crazy. and then we never do it again, ever. <laughs> oh, of course. But naturally, yes, because uh, in uh, you know a- after you know the first wave of social housing, um, which was you know based on like you know everyone gets you know th- this housing's oriented towards people of all income levels. Uh, in 1951, the Tories come to power, right? Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. And they start to really refocus council housing on being, you know, welfare accommodation for low-income earners, right? If you're mm-hmm. a respectable person, you shouldn't need council housing, right? Yeah, of course. Um, because the, well, the Tories by base your bootstraps, goddammit. Mm-hmm. Yes, is is that you own your own home, and if you don't do that, then you are lost to labor forever. Uh, In- that that's your like original sin, and you're like condemned to socialism. Oh yes. no, what a bird! <laughs> so th- th- this is when we start to get uh, um, uh, council housing, which is oriented more t- towards the uh, concept of slum clearance rather than adding more housing. Oh, that right? sounds promising. Yeah. 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 So... Well, I mean, the thing is, like, the history of British slums is uh, the the area where Grenfell is that we're going to talk about uh, was a notorious plague spot uh, in which the biggest problem for like slums in the ni- in the nineteenth century, well into the twentieth, was that people were just keeping pigs and there were just pigs just roaming around, just shitting everywhere. I like that a lot, and I wish I yeah. didn't. 
Right. And what happened <laughs> is that this this transformed into um, a slum largely at the hands of a guy called uh, Peter Rachman, uh, who was sort of the prototypical slum lord, and he did this thing of like creating cramming as many separate flats into one house as possible so you didn't have to have rent control things like that and so it became much more um of what you would think of as a a, a modern slum and then the government decided to kind of swoop in and think hey we we can do this a lot better than this one guy who is like this one fat organized crime guy <laughs> but uh yeah, so we start getting into like slum clearance, and and uh, after the Housing Subsidy Act of nineteen fifty six, like building more units than were there before is banned. It's a one for one replacement. Dumb um, as dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, this is not actually as dumb as as housing policy gets. We'll get there. Yeah, Terrific. and and uh, if you, if you want to hear about how one for one slum clearance works, you can check out my two-parter episode on public housing in the United States uh, mm. on my YouTube channel. Um, shameless it's, it's, self-plug. It's very, no, it's, it's very yeah. relevant here. Uh, when you talk about uh, public housing projects, what, what I would call estates, um, oh, yeah, we, we'll get to that, but there's a lot of the same politics involved. Yeah. So, we get, um, you know, so... We have what results from this is like through some slum clearance, there's mass displacement of working class neighborhoods in the name of providing decent housing for the working class, right? You know, we have support structures just annihilated. You know, people may get better housing out of the end, end of it, but in the meantime, you know, it's just like, all right, someone shows up, they want to bulldoze your house, you know? It's like... Mm. Now you have nowhere to live. The, the, That's great. Yeah, That's the, fucking great. The shitty thing is, where social democrats sign on to these things, which they do sometimes, um, there's, usually at a local level, like local councils, uh, there's always some utopian vision involved. Oh, uh, we're we're going to have high-rise tower blocks that are going to be streets in the sky, where you can just, like, everybody's going to know each other, like on a, a street full of row houses, but the row is going to be uh, like 500 feet in the air. Or uh, the Scottish edition of this is not so much we build tower blocks, but we build satellite towns where we just have an entirely new town built mostly out of concrete for all of the poor people, and they can just live on the outside of town. And of course, those places turn into like holes immediately. Um, I mean, somehow so... it, it, it never occurred to these people that all they had to say was like, look, we're going to build a market. Uh, on the corner where you can buy bacon instead of having a pig that you own. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, well, back at, back in the old days in Lancaster West, you could just like grab a pig and just like take a rasher off of it. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it. It was a better time. Yeah, a more simple time, a better time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just ripping strips of bacon off a pig that's passing by. Oh, that seems so mean. <laughs> All right, and this system, you know, goes on for a while. Um, mm, dismally. Dismally, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, by and large, before 1951, it was sort of low-rise houses, like what we're looking at in the picture here. After mm. 1951, when the conservatives come in power and it becomes like, you know, a, a, a land grab, a money grab, um, yes. we start to get tower blocks, right? And and you start to get the the figure of the estate, this, like, 
controlled uh, housing project area that is its own form of uh, social segregation. Yeah. And then in 1979, of course, uh, under Thatcher's government, they (laughs) I was ready with the fucking uh, bill. This wonderful thing called right to buy. um, Yes. Where, of course... She she got a generation out of that. uh, Just as, like, a a simple bribe. Uh, And this is a problem that the Tories are still facing, uh, because they just kind of kicked the can down the road with this, which is that if, as we mentioned earlier, the Tory base is owns your own home, but the Tory ideology is to do capitalism in such a way that nobody owns their own home, then you kind of end up with an electoral contradiction. And so you have to do this big government subsidy where you like let people buy their social housing so that they can be landowners and become Tories. Yeah, and then it's even more confusing when you like buy a condo in a social housing estate, you know, like a mm, tower what? block. <laughs> like now it's like real weird. But yeah, right yeah, to buy, so... you could, you know, buy your social house or flat for a discount of 33 to 50% off the market value, depending on how long you live there. And yeah, by turning people into homeowners, of course, they turned labor voters into Tories. Yeah, and after mm-hmm. Margaret Thatcher, council housing construction effectively ended, right? Well, I mean, part of the thing is that because you're making councils sell all of these properties at these knockdown rates, uh, you uh, no, quite knowingly cutting the funding and the housing pools of local councils. You can't build more social housing with this because you're losing money on every house that someone buys out from under you. Right, and then you just say, oh, well, see how much money we're losing. This just isn't working. Wink, wink. Yes. Nudge, nudge. I mean, it's, it's, it's really it's, it's funny that um, the way this was couched at the time, it still is, is that you run, you should run a council like a business. Yeah. Oh I, my god. I know, but the thing is, it's that's not even true on its own merits, on its own logic, because I love to run a business in such a way that the government uh, mandates that I sell all of my assets uh, in such a way that I don't make a profit. I thought uh, socialism was bad. It's just like the helium <laughs> reserve. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Alright, so, we gotta talk about... Uh, Come on, next slide, please. Uh, tower Goddamn blocks. grad students. Streets in the sky. Yes. yes. Everyone knows everybody, because that's what fucking happened. Uh-huh. Uh, so, um, now, a lot of these tower blocks that were built through, you know, the British social housing, this is, uh, they're system-built, right? Which is, mm-hmm. you know, another way of saying they're pre- prefabricated. Yeah, what, what used to be in... If, if you do this over the Iron Curtain, that's called Plattenbau, or a Khrushchevka, and that's bad, oh, because what? that's socialism. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if, whereas if you do the same thing, uh, where you use prefabricated concrete slab construction, and you just balance the concrete on the concrete all the way up, uh, if you do that in, like, Denmark or Britain, that's called uh, system building. Yes. Like Legos. It's, it, that's anodyne, that's not socialist. But if you do it in Russia, that's socialist. Oh, of course. If you do it in the United States, it's usually in a parking garage and not a, a tower block. <laughs> Prefab garages have a lot of problems. Um, mm. so ima- imagine all the problems that happened with these buildings, but also add road salt. <laughs> awesome. And just the weight of, like, a couple of hundred cars. Uh, yes. Just shifting unpredictably. Amazing. 
Yeah, so uh, they build a whole bunch of these tower blocks. They're all built off of similar, like, prefabricated, you know, construction systems. They're all, you know, the sort of Le Corbusier uh, towers. In the uh, park. Uh, uh, Look, sometimes he was okay. Most of the time he was bad. Um, <laughs> he was anarcho-syndicalist for a while. Before he became fascist. And then what happened? And then yeah. became like a yeah. liberal. Well, we, weird like, progression. Uh, dude, every architect no. is a piece of shit. All right. I'm just going to say that. Uh, they're all bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. Batting a thousand on garbage. They're all bad. That, we can't, that is we true. can't say anything positive about any architect ever. No. So, um, all right. In the notes here, I, I mentioned uh, British fire codes are shit. They're oh, that's bad. Yes. yes. Jesus. Yeah. Well, th th this is because uh, they actually had a a system. I I forget the name of it. It's like the the Bretton Woods system is what my brain is giving me, but uh, that's not right. The something Morris system that set out like scales of everything for like living space and what you need to make an apartment livable, and some of that included fire safety. And then the Tories immediately cut all of that in fifty nice. eight. And it just it just sort of started a long slow decline from there, uh. So yeah, the the fire codes are not good, and uh, we'll we'll get into this. But in the immediate um lead up to the Grenfell Tower fire, the again Tory government uh, passed uh, a law shifting responsibility for fire codes and fire inspections from the fire brigade, the fire department, to local councils. Who don't have uh, any money to conduct such things, presumably. Even if they want to. Well, uh, they own which... the building. Yes. Yeah. So they definitely so, have no so reason. They have, they have but... a vested interest in yeah. um, passing it. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to that in a minute. That sounds ethical. It, it is, yeah. It, they, made, they made every uh, local council in England and Wales into Grover, certifying <laughs> himself to pass his own shitty work. <laughs> yeah, see, there's your continuity, folks. Subscribe to the Patreon, and then you can have the yeah. bonus episode. Yes, there, yeah, that, there. The, that one has jokes on plugged, it, because it's funny, well, unlike yeah. this Although one. Although we're canceled Tower. for culturally appropriate Grover House. <laughs> Jesus. Mm -hmm. Alright, so a lot of things that were common through these tower blocks is there's, like, one stairwell. Safe. Right? Mm -hmm. There's something called the stay-put policy, right? Oh, and the fuck. idea with the stay-put policy is that these concrete buildings, you know... They got fire doors. Um, if there's a fire in one flat, there's no way that that fire is going to spread to another flat. Oh, that's right? bold. I like yeah. that. Well, I mean, it's it makes more sense from a certain perspective than trying to drag 300 people down 20 flights of stairs in the middle oh, of the Oh, sure. Night, right? Yeah. No, I understand that. And it's very, very difficult to set concrete on fire. Yeah. Um, it can be done. It's very difficult. The real worry with these tower blocks was um, there was one of these called Ronan Point that uh, collapsed. So the worry was structural rather than fire until about, like, I think 2008, maybe? Uh, there was a, another fire in another one of these. But, like, until then, the thing everyone was worried about was that these were going to be structurally unsound and they were just going to collapse. Because Ronan Point was like a kitchen exploded. Yeah. Like uh, near a, a the top floor. A gas floor. line exploded and it like blew out some a couple of load bearing walls and about 13 stories that were on top of that flat just sort of came down with Jesus it. No, it happened near Earth. the top of the tower 
and mm. the four flats above it collapsed, and then the 13 flats below it collapsed, or ah. however many, so if I recall song. correctly. Right? They weren't necessarily built all that well. But I no. believe after that point, and I believe Grenfell was post-Ronan point, they were they built a lot better. They were like, ah. Oh. When they built it, the um, the architects mentioned Ronan Point as something they were trying to, uh, as something they were mindful of avoiding, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, that's good to hear. <laughs> this will never collapse from a kitchen fire, and God will never destroy the world by flood again. <laughs> you see that rainbow? That's God swearsy realsies that he'll never blow up the planet. Yeah. Even though we deserve no, it's, it. It's, it's, Just want to point that I, out. I love... I love architects and I love engineers because much like militaries always fight the last war, uh, they always prepare for the previous disaster. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the floors absolutely did not collapse. Like, it's all still up. Covered. Grenfell Tower is still there and intact and covered in big white sheathing so you don't have to think about it too hard. Um, it's, just, it's just sort of, you know, very burned. Yeah. Uh, another thing is, um, so yeah, the stay put policy worked pretty well, you know, before this incident. We'll get into why uh, after. There's no sprinklers in this building, was no sprinkler system installed, um, which again I think is bizarre. Although they're not common here at all, um, like for almost any kind of building. Um, not sure why. I think that may just be a cultural thing that we just never appreciated them uh but yeah no almost nothing requires you to install a sprinkler system now except uh high-rise tower blocks in the aftermath of this well thank god y'all have never had say a massive conflagration that burned say two-thirds of your capital city or anything uh yeah, yeah that's good several yeah, times yeah that'll never happen <laughs> never happen <laughs> No, we, 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 Britain said fuck sprinklers at some point, for reasons unknown to me. Uh, I don't think y'all ever invented them. They didn't come over on, like, the land bridge. <laughs> yeah, uh, sprinklers never evolved here. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, as, as Alice mentioned before, in 2005, regulation shifted responsibility for fire code enforcement from fire brigades to local councils. Which are, of course, in this case, the building owners. Both of whom are getting cuts to their budgets. Uh, so, to, to a certain extent, it might not have made a huge difference. Uh, but maybe you want someone uh, doing your fire inspections whose job is to prevent fires. Look, I mean, there's, there, there's, there's very few talk. aspects of government that like, I trust like implicitly or inherently. Mm -hmm. But firefighters, I always yeah. think the firefighters have my best interests at heart. Well, this is the thing. I've I've been uh, on Twitter. I've been banging the drum for fire department based socialism for a long time uh, because, especially in this country, they're actually quite well organized. Uh, we have a fire brigades union, uh, and they are not the most militant, but they're certainly not shy about going on strike when they have to, uh, and. Yeah, no, quite, quite left wing, quite, uh, yeah, quite, uh, let's say, class conscious, and I appreciate that. Aren't the French firefighters fighting the police? 
right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah that, they, 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 they do I've that about heard. once a year. You, <laughs> you, you you'll usually see a picture of like a bunch of guys in bunker gear, like fucking fist fighting riot cops and stuff. It's amazing. Oh, uh, as you just get drilled <laughs> with a forty foot truck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes. So we got to talk about tenant management organizations, right? Oh, um, mm. Running councils like a business, yes. and yes. like a business, you have to split everything up into uh, like these black box organizations that like do the one thing at arm's length from any sort of elected representation. Yeah, well, this was something. This was something which was like confusing when I was organized when I was researching this, right? Because I. Uh, I looked at it and I was like, this seems like sort of like a homeowners association, uh, but like no. for council <laughs> no, housing or no, no, okay, no, okay. It's, 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 it's not like that. What it's like is, um, the, the council going, okay, but what if we were a letting agency or what if we were, uh, like, I don't know, uh, a, a property management company? And we just run that bit separately as a distinct organization. Uh, it's still it's still filled with our people. It's nominally accountable to us, but it's this distinct thing. So if you don't pay your rent or we won't fix your boiler, uh, you don't get a letter with a letterhead saying Kensington and Chelsea Council. You get a letter saying KCTMO, which is oh, Kensington Chelsea Tenants Management Association. So, so you can't you you can't get mad at us because the branding is different, right? Oh, okay, yeah, um, no, that's... and it's it's oh, it's, it's more it's it it's it's organized to be more, and I'm doing air quotes, streamlined and efficient and like a business, um, in ways that sort of aren't. I got I got to ignore a lot of my notes then because I I thought it was sort of <laughs> you were uh, you were ready for that, huh? Yeah, I thought it was uh, like a homeowners association, like again, which is like a bad organization. Yeah, like aren't it, there it, like it residents has... elected to the board of this Ooh, organization? Uh, well, it, this is the thing. It has elements of that, um, but when we look at in practice how these things work, uh, you can't even like you can't point to an example of uh, a tenant management organization sort of capture from homeowners, right? You can't, There are no militant tenant management organizations. There fucking should be. <laughs> uh, there, there should yeah. be, yeah. Th th this is, like, a mechanism that, in theory, would allow for that. In practice, uh, is just kind of a way for a council to distance itself from its own social housing, which is always a good sign, never indicative of any neglect or anything. And it's certainly not if you have... Uh, like half a dozen residents who are elected to this board, it's certainly not a way that you can like then throw them under the bus and say, yeah, it's it's this unpaid guy who just lives here who isn't fixing your boiler instead of the councillor who's on uh, like a hundred and eighty grand a year. Jesus. Okay. All right. I feel like I'm learning something today. So <laughs> this is the one <laughs> episode like this is why we have to do a British episode in between the Canadian ones is just so <laughs> I have something to contribute. <laughs> so the the Kensington and Chelsea Tenant Management Organization, it's the largest in Britain, formed in nineteen ninety four, operated almost ten thousand buildings. Good lord. I thought it was hmm. ten thousand units when I looked it up the first time. No, it was ten thousand 
Well, they said 10,000 properties. So, you know, maybe a property has two buildings on it even. Who knows how many units they had. And, um... But, yeah. Kensington has... We'll we'll get into this, but this is a central area of London. It's very large, very crowded, huge income disparity, which means there's a lot of social housing, but it's also a conservative-run council, because it's like, by the numbers, the actual borough is, I think, I don't actually know the number, but it's one of the richest in London. Mm. And it's like, the uh, I'm sort of familiar with it, because I've been there, because that's mm. where we stayed the one time I've been to England. It was like right on Earl's, Cur- Earl's Court. Earl's Curl's Court. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how, did, how did you find Earl's Curl's represent? I was very sick. This um, seems to be a theme um, for you. This, this just seems to be a theme with <laughs> us in Britain. Whenever we do any BritCon, we just like we all get sick at the horror of this awful country. The last I'm sorry, time I have the plague. <laughs> it's <laughs> back, motherfuckers! <laughs> Bring out your dad. It's just Roz throws himself into an ambulance, just like save yourselves as he's vomiting on the queen or whatever. It's free here. <laughs> uh, not not anymore for foreigners. No, they'll they'll bail you now. Uh, oh, you dirty motherfuckers! I know. Wow. Good yeah. luck. Good luck getting an out of me. America, not a Commonwealth country. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last time uh, I, I was in I was in England, I was also extremely sick. Uh, <laughs> we had run. We had kind of gone from Dublin to London to Paris. And I remember just like. My dad being like, yeah, well, if you're going to die, like, do it now. That way we won't get charged for it. <laughs> like, oh, that's tight. Thanks, yeah. old man. <laughs> you, you don't have to, like, see the inside of a French ambulance uh, and be confronted by the French emergency medical system, which is strange. Oh, we, we clear! <laughs> <laughs> They're just applying the blackface to you in the ambulance. <laughs> oh, you cleaned up so magnificently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is actually, there, there is one thing that I know about French emergency medical services, and this is absolutely true, swear on the Quran, uh, that if you, uh, I saw a woman collapse in Paris, and like, a fire truck rolled up, and they like, tried to, like, she was conscious and everything, she was fine, uh, but they got her some water in a wine glass from the back of the truck. Like they, they just carry a wine glass around. That's the most French. <laughs> very yeah, the most French thing. That sounds about right. All right, so we got to talk about the Grenfell Action Group, right? Yes, th- this is the militant thing, right? This is the what what you might what you originally envisioned the tenant mag- uh, management organization as being. Well, I I thought they were sort of like uh, uh, I don't know if you could describe them as a tenants union. But they're yeah, certainly a, a group of activist a, tenants. Yeah, a, a pressure group at the very least. Yeah. Um, In opposition to the tenant management organization, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. And they were initially formed to protest the loss of a bunch of green space at the north end of the uh, estate, right? Promising so which far. Was, uh, which was mm-hmm. Lancaster Green, because uh, the, the council wanted to put in a new school there, right? Mm-hmm. Kensington Academy and Leisure Center. Oh god, that's fuck. <laughs> so, so uh, an academy uh, is something that the Tories also invented, uh, and it's, it, 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 well, you say this in the notes, but it's essentially a charter school. Like it will be privately 
uh, operated, and it's it's not fee paying, but uh, y- yeah, it it'll be run by some fucking weird uh, like trust that has its own like agenda, like making all the kids wear suits so that they can learn about business. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like um, you know, it it like any charter school, you know, the deal is look, look, we give you the money, you give us the grades, capiche? I yeah. I would like to point out just as a quick aside because I think it's fucking hilarious is that uh, the school I went to uh, York Suburban High School my beautiful alma mater in York Pennsylvania uh, our school district was formed because uh, in the fifties uh, York the the white parents of the York City school district refused to integrate and so they started their own school district and I just mm-hmm. I need you to Whoa. know that. Because this everyone is, gets mad at me this when ties I that out. No, this this ties in because all of the history of uh, the Lancaster West Estate is tied in very deeply with race and racism. Uh, because this in area Europe, are you in sure? Kensington and Chelsea, yeah, <laughs> was we had um, the first wave of uh, largely like uh, Caribbean migration to the UK was in the early fifties. And this was one of the first areas where that absorbed that migration, uh, because it was very cheap and shitty, and you had slum lords like Peter Rachman. Um And so, since then, it like went through a lot of the same things that Justin you get into in your public housing uh, thing, uh, where like it becomes this sort of de facto segregated area. Um, and so that that the idea that this is. Um, a largely more uh, diverse area than the rest of London, which is pretty diverse already, but it was especially it was blacker. Uh, was contributes a lot to understanding why it might be neglected in this way. Yeah, and I mean it's not like you know in Virginia when when they tried to integrate the schools, they just shut all the schools down. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I just felt like I needed to get that out there, like not even like form a separate school district, like, every school in the Commonwealth shut down for, like, two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, um, this, this, this academy thing is an attempt to sort of revitalize inner-city education districts, but, which had previously, of course, been cut back to the bone, um, and so now the idea is that you Run them like a business, and that's going to make everything fine again. We have to use some kind of Steven Pinker metric in order to do racism, as opposed to just doing racism. Oh, oh, oh please yes. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the really Steven Pinker thing is, uh, like, free schools, which are another kind of charter school, that just anybody, you can just fucking set up a school with whatever, like, wackadoodle-ass... Uh, oh, yes. ...racial hygiene views that you have um th- this is this is more corporate mm-hmm. it's it's like you, you go you go to school on the set of the apprentice basically uh anyway uh the charter school got built um right despite the you know the complaints of the residents of the tower who are losing their nice green space right mm-hmm. um the grenfell action group continues criticizing aspects of the tower's maintenance and operation one of the most famous blog posts they put up was uh, in 2013, where they're like, you know, the fire safety in this tower is shit, right? You know, because it's like fire extinguishers had not been inspected for a long time. Most of them had expired. 
Um, yeah, they're all full of rats. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Like, like, like you, you, you pick up the fire extinguisher, you you push the button, a bunch of rats fly out. And it's not <laughs> oh, very yeah. good. No, I mean, the rats are too combustible, for one thing. This is but, true. No, yeah, those like, bastards. Uh, I, the one thing I do remember from that thing was, um, we were talking about the fire codes being shitty. There's one stairwell, uh, and they're like, yeah, this is blocks, like, all the time, to some extent. There's always, like, old mattresses and, like, trash bags and stuff. And if the building catches fire, we're just gonna have to, like, I guess try to surf these, like, bags of trash down 20 flights of stairs. Yes. Well, that's super tight. So, and, and after the first blog post where they're really complaining about it, the, uh, the, the, the person in charge of the tower, like, threatens to sue them. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is Br British defamation law is super tight, so they they might actually have lost that one too. Two thirds of us are American, which is why this is an American podcast. We can say anything we want. Um, yeah, <laughs> but you know what we all you know what we others still didn't do is sign a goddamn treaty preventing us somehow from investigating the uh, Estonian ferry wreck, which your dumb country That's did. That's true. I can't believe that that we did that. But, <laughs> yeah. We're basically like, we're like the Cayman Islands, but for podcasts. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can, uh, yeah, I'll do the Epstein stuff, you guys do the Estonia stuff, and we like, we're untouchable. It's perfect. Alright, so pay attention to the tower as it looks in this slide, right? Mm hmm Kind of drab, concrete, you know, whatever. It, it, it's there. People live there. I'm sure they don't hate their housing that much. So no, they called it the Forgotten Estate. Oh, that's good. Sounds good. After they build the academy, it's like, all right, we're time to do a renovation on this tower, right? And the renovation yeah. was mostly for the sake of energy efficiency. Um, mm. so, well, I mean, the energy efficiency and the fact that you don't want your nice rich people who live in the rest of Kensington and Chelsea to have to look at social housing. Yes. So it has to look like everything else. Uh, look at this beautiful metal panel facade that they put on. Yeah, it looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. I am a better person for having looked at this. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed, KCTMO. Like... So, there were some genuine improvements they were doing to the tower through this renovation, right? There's uh, mm. improvements to heating, individual water heaters per uh, unit, right? They're putting in new windows. They are putting in new cladding. A, to match their fancy charter school. B, because, you know, it's going to improve, like, you know, thermal efficiency, like releasing heat to the environment, so on and so forth, right? They even put in yeah. a few more housing units, right? Mm -hmm. Most residents were pretty much in favor of the renovation when it was proposed because it seemed like a pretty good deal. Yeah, I mean, if somebody, if if you're looking at this stairwell full of uh, bullshit and the fire extinguishers full of rats, and the council tells you, "Hey, we're finally going to renovate this thing," you're going to be like, "Of course, finally." Um, you know what took you so long? Yeah. So the Kensington and Chelsea Tenant Management Organization sends out the job for bid. One contractor came in at eleven point three million pounds. They had budgeted nine point seven million pounds for the job. I'm sure this led well. <laughs> Another contractor came in at eight point seven million pounds. Mm. That sounds fine. Um, I yeah. came in a full million under, while the other guy was two million over. 
I'm pretty sure um, Kensington and Chelsea Council runs a huge budget surplus. It's one of the only councils that does. Uh, so, yeah, no, this is this seems fine. It's because of good cost control, Alice. Ah, uh, it's true. Yeah, yeah. obviously. <laughs> They're very prudent. <laughs> Austerity works, goddammit. So, um, what, one of the things, I guess, if you've ever worked in, like, municipal, like, construction with, uh, you know, uh, when you're working under a low bid system, it's like, if it seems too good to be true, it is, mm. but oh. also the regulations may force you to use that, that thing. <laughs> yes, because you have to, like, limit big government overreach by having the government come in and tell you that you have to run your council like a business. So uh, they went with the low bid, right? Of course. Yeah. So they replaced it with this. Uh, they, you know, they 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 came in. They did a bunch of work. They did this metal panel facade. I want to talk a little bit about metal panel. Um, mm. Go off, King. Yeah. Yes. So it is with it. metal panel is a very flexible architectural material. Um, I just, you know, I wanted to look at. Here's two metal panel buildings near where. Liam and I live in West Philly. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Are you booing the buildings? No, I was saying West boo. Philly? It just sounds exactly the goddamn same because I'm sick. Ah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, metal panel is interesting because you can do a lot with it. You can make it very interesting and colorful and fun. This is the hub. It's a student housing building in West Philly. Oh, they love... They love using this for student housing buildings. Like, yeah. all of the ones in Glasgow are metal panels, too. Uh, as was the one in uh, Manchester that caught fire last month uh, yeah. and did, yeah, well. Yes. Um, you know, so this one's like, it's got two kinds of wood veneers, it's got some lime green accents, it's got like, I don't know, some weird corrugated bullshit. I, I like what they did with this building. I used to hate it. Now I'm kind of like, I like it because like the other option is what they did down the street where it's just all tan. God, it looks yeah, so bad. I yeah. I kind of like the Legos thing over the over the over the one on the right, yeah. For Fun sure. fact: that one on the right is also next to Elon Musk's old house, where he lived when he was a student at the University of Pennsylvania, proving once again that there are no good penalum, and go to hell, all of you. It was very strange because they preserved Elon Musk's house, but they demolished the rectory for the Presbyterian Cathedral, or not cathedral. What what's the word there? Or Episcopalian Cathedral, right there. Um, because they put that tower up so they could raise funds to keep the church standing. Um, mm. but they kept Elon Musk's house again. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, it's 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 gonna be important. It's like him getting mentioned on in the same breath as Edison on Star Whoa. Trek. You know, we're all just mm. we're all just betting on this one fucking bird dickhead to be. <laughs> he, he was on he was on Rick and Morty. I was like, I thought they had some integrity on that show. Maybe I'm uh, more too generous to Rick and Morty, but I was like, there's no way they bring Elon Musk on. Oh no, they did. Uh well, fuck it's, this it's show. Just s simply epic. Ah, oh, Jesus. And that's the podcast. <laughs> that's it. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Uh go to hell, all of you, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we we all just simultaneously die of flu while cursing Elon Musk with our dying breath. Well, probably he'll swat us because that's a thing Tesla does now. That's a good point. Oh, yeah. yeah, Cybertruck, bad. Um, mm -hmm. so in Grenfell they used this metal panel 
to match the new charter school, right? You know, they had to make the tower look oh, a little bit more modern, as we saw before. Um, so yeah, because if if you just have kids looking out of the window during the lessons and they see social housing as opposed to aspirational metal panel clad social housing, they're they're not gonna think like a business anymore, and it's gonna ruin their education, and it's gonna be they might go into the arts. Yeah. You absolutely, it's just an absolutely unacceptable risk to the council of the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea that those children look out of their windows and see anything disturbing in the slightest about Grandfell Tower. That's, <laughs> that's, called, that's called foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. So we gotta talk about the, um, the actual cladding that was used on this building, right? So, we have a uh... A material called Rainoband PE, Rainobond PE, excuse me, from a company called mm. Arconic, right? So this is a metal panel, it's a sandwich panel, right? So you have an aluminum sheet here, you have a core made of polyethylene, right, which is a petroleum product, and then you have another right. aluminum sheet, right? Sure. And this thing costs 22 pounds per square meter. There's a more flame-retardant version that costs 24 pounds per square meter. So, you know, they, they got some real big savings out of that one. Yeah, and, somebody worked out that to do the whole tower in the flame-retardant cladding was about 5,000 pounds more. Yes. There was a more expensive version they were supposed to use, because even the, the more flame-retardant version was not enough. Um, no. but you know, I can't say that wouldn't have helped. Um, and also this particular kind of cladding has been banned in the United States for decades. Um, mm -hmm. or at least used in the way it was here. Right. Yeah. Well, the, um, as weak as our fire codes are, the idea was that if you go above a certain floor height, then everything above that has to be in fire retardant cladding. Yes. Uh, at and they kind of did not do this. The whole thing is just the cheaper, shittier, highly flammable one. And the, 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 the material specifications from the manufacturers say, do not do this. Absolutely yeah. do not do this. <laughs> so this was a... This, this picture over here, right, this is for the rain... Oh, John Maddening. Yes, so Yay. this is for the rain okay. screen, right? If you look in the second image, that's the cladding here. Now, yeah, that was that had an air cavity between it and the insulation, which was because it was the rain screen, right? And mm -hmm. this insulation was the Celatex RS five thousand PIR. That's polyisocyanurate. Um, I don't like the sound of that cyan in there. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Worry. Yeah, just mean, just means blue. Um, <laughs> you have nothing to worry about. <laughs> so that's thermal insulation, right? And it's not rated for use with flammable cladding, only with fiber cement on the outside, right? So the thing about polyisocyanurate is it's usually very flame resistant, but it does catch fire, and well, when it does, yeah. it gives off cyanide gas. Oh, good. Yeah. Of course. I love the smell of almonds. 
And, um, you know, this is, again, another petroleum product. I believe one firefighter described it afterwards as pure petrol in the mm. way it burned. Good God. But I'm, you yes. know, get it, getting ahead of myself, but, you know. Petrol being being British for gasoline. Yeah. People. Well, this is the thing about, like, a lot of modern energy-efficient materials, is they're all mm. just straight up made out of oil. But I, I thought we were going to Green New Deal this and, like, rebuild every house in America with, uh, like, energy efficiency stuff that is made out of, I don't know, magic. It, uh, <laughs> the magic is made out of oil, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most depressing version of, you know those, um... Uh, of Harry Potter, that, like it's all well, oil. Well, that, that too, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I was thinking of those films that they make you watch at school that are like, sponsored by some industrial concern, and it's like, what would a world be like without zinc? Uh, you know, oil is found in everything around you, and it's just like, no, that's terrifying. The cladding on the building, oil. The energy uh -huh. efficient, you know, insulation, that's oil. The furniture is made of oil and wood. <laughs> it's like wood chips and oil. This is how we make a flame yeah, resistant furniture somehow. And yeah. like, it's not by by weight, Grenfell Tower was like, I don't know, twenty percent concrete, uh like seventy percent oil, five percent rats in the fire extinguishers, and five percent some of the most vulnerable people in the city. Yes. Terrific. So, um, thanks to these 2005 regulations during this renovation, I believe, uh, did I mention it was 2012? I believe it was in 2012, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So long after the fire, uh, the fire brigade has lost the, uh, responsibility for inspecting any of this. So there were 16 inspections by the council and all of them failed to notice that all of the cladding they were installing was illegal and flammable. Well, I mean, anybody could fail to notice that 16 times. Uh, that's, that certainly wouldn't, like, put... The inconvenience of noticing, oh, hey, you've clad this entire building in uh, the fucking death trap uh, oil thing instead of the slightly less death trap oil thing, uh, and you're going to have to redo all of this. It's going to take months, cost a lot more than the insulation originally did. There's no, like, incentives that might be subconsciously or consciously weighing on anybody looking at that. <laughs> yeah, there's no way the council would have an interest in approving its own work. No. No. no the, the, we upstanding. Upstanding members of society, yeah. goddammit. Yes. It's 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 perilously close to load bearing drywall. <laughs> no, if they if they had done this properly with non flammable cladding, it would have cost about uh, the estimate I saw on the internet was uh two hundred and ninety three thousand Three hundred and sixty-eight pounds more over the whole building, right? Wow! So I mean, that's that's like that would have brought two... it up to nine million pounds, as yeah. opposed to which is still seven hundred thousand pounds under the council's budget, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, two hundred ninety-three thousand pounds—that's like what two really nice cars, or I don't know what else could you buy with with three hundred grand, like. I don't know, some nice furniture, or, um, I don't know, a house. What, what else to count as, yeah, what, what else to count A yacht. A, a, a house, but not in London. A Cessna. Yeah. Maybe six Cessnas. <laughs> yeah, that's true, they could have, they could have several, had like a council several, light aircraft. Several used Cessnas. <laughs>
Yeah, well, th- this this is the thing. Uh, we can we can develop this as a theory, and like our conspiracy theory of Grenfell is the cost saving leading to all of this uh, neglect and social murder is because Kensington and Chelsea Council wanted to build an air force. I buy that. <laughs> yep. So, um, the fire again. Here's the building. Um, mm. so this uh the fire started at um. 12.50 a.m. in the morning on June 14th, 2017, oh, yeah, right? In, in flat 16. Yeah. Yep. Mm, love to love to have a uh, fire in a high-rise building in the middle of the night. That's always the best time for it to happen. Uh, everybody's in the building. Yep. It's uh, the most exciting. It's dark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, some guy's fridge got fire. Uh, some God, guy's fridge caught fire. Right? So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the irony. That which is meant to cause cold caused hot. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate act of betrayal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How could you do this to me, R134? <laughs> it, it it wasn't this guy's fault at all either. There was just a it was a defective refrigerator. It happens. Yeah. Uh, they they kind of they do this a lot. Like Yeah. You get some some wiring that's like too close to some insulation or something else and it just you know, catches light. It's it's not a huge deal. When this has happened previously, you just it stays contained to that one flat and you put it out. Like maybe yeah. the guy loses his kitchen. Uh and, and and like also in the United States we have better regulations against the fridges catching fire because our fridges have like big metal plates on the back. Mm, yeah, our, ours don't. This was this was also because this is social housing, this is again the lowest bidder. This is going to be the cheapest possible fridge. Yes. So the fire brigade, uh, brigade, fire brigade, fire, the fire, fire brigade, fire brigade, fire, fire brigade. The fire brigade arrived to fight the fire uh, at about one a.m. Right, so like ten mm-hmm. minutes later. Very good response time. Very good on yep. the fire brigade overall. And by this time, you know the fire was spreading in the flat. The owner of the flat, I believe, got out. I mean, this was this was a low uh, flat anyway, but yeah, they, I think they got him out when they were putting it out, and they had a couple of guys with extinguishers, I guess, just uh, like inside the inside the flat trying to put it out and uh, trying to keep it from getting out of the unit. Well, one of the things is, of course, you know, this is a council flat, right? Not all the furniture is provided yeah. by the council, um, you know. And the thing about modern furniture. Is it's made out of wood chips and oil, right? Mm-hmm. So you know it catches fire pretty regular, uh, easily. And uh, keep in mind again, this building is still has the stay put policy we mentioned before in in terms sure. of fire. So you know if people are awake and they know there's a fire, they know they're supposed to stay put, right? Yes. Yes. And if you if you are as happens many times, if you are on the phone to the fire brigade at the time. The operator will tell you that it's safest to stay in your flat. Yes. Uh, so since you know it's burning through this guy's furniture, um, and you know just generally the fire is taking over the flat quicker than firefighters can uh, put out the fire. At one oh eight in the morning, it breached the window and it set the cladding on fire. Oh, good. Right. Mm. Well, to, to to the best of my knowledge, it didn't actually. Like that, um, it breached the window first. Uh, they had the fire in the flat pretty much controlled, 
and unbeknownst to them, because you know, inside the thing it's full of smoke anyway, you can't see the outside. Uh, it's it's burning up the outside as they're fighting it on the inside. Well, a big problem here, right, is that this external metal panel cladding is mm-hmm. a rain screen, right? Yeah, you have that air gap in between the cladding and the insulation. As such, it is intended to keep water out. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm sure that won't be an issue in a second. Yes. So, you know, it, once the fire started to get into the cavity between the cladding and the insulation, the insulation caught fire, right? And this cavity acted as a chimney, you know, it started shooting the flames right up the building, right? You wouldn't, be, you wouldn't even be able to figure out if the flames were there if you were looking straight at the building. No. But even if you it's could just, see just it... nightmarish. Yeah. If you just... You know, if you shot, you know, uh, a huge jet of water from a fire truck directly at where the flames were, um, the rain screen's gonna be like, hmm, this is rain, I'm not letting this through. <laughs> Your rain screen voice. I like it. Yeah, no, this is, this is like, this is nightmarish, because as far as if you're a firefighter, it's just like, it's burning up the outside, you don't even necessarily know, and then just units are catching fire in like a line up one side of the building. Um and you have you you have to work out where it's coming from, uh, and that you can't actually like put out the insulation, which by the way is also giving off cyanide gases. Oh man. I just just looking at it it's fucking uh it's it's not a good Yeah, point. I would uh, imagine. I think the thing that fucks me the most about this is, at the time, I remember it felt like this huge transcendent moment, because a lot of the mask really just came off a lot of, um, a lot of neoliberalism, and then sort of... No, that just didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's strange. Like, you, um, you kind of expect everything to be different because, you, you know, people were getting up in the morning and they're going to work and they have this absolutely charred, I don't know if we have pictures of it coming up later, uh, but just like the, the skeleton of the building just looming over them. Um, and, and it turns out people can just kind of just live with that, because you have to. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know, that's, that's, that's really difficult. Yeah, I just imagine, yeah, I remember seeing the pictures and just this it looking so goddamn out of place. And and then yeah. I remember kind of concurrently the reports coming out and just, I remember thinking the same thing that I thought kind of after Sandy Hook, where, and I'm, you know, yeah. I'm obviously like I'm oh, a person yeah, yeah. who believes that like Americans have the right to firearms and like I'm not a big fan of gun sure. legislation, but like it was kind of the same feeling. It's like, all right, so we as a society are okay with twenty six kids dying, yeah, we'll just, and it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, we, we, we can just we can just right, tolerate we can just, this, yeah. Because yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's grim. There's uh, there's some stuff that uh, I'll I'll get into later about some of the like social um, repercussions of this, but yeah. Um, I'm back. Fun fact. Oh, oh good. Right. Okay. No, I want to hear the fun fact. Oh, the fun fact is that um, currently uh, a Lib Dem called Sam Gima is attempting to uh, cast the Grenfell Tower fire as being the fault of the Labour MP for the constituency. Oh, that makes sense. Who was 
wildly overruled by the council and who in fact led a lot of the campaign in the aftermath to it and she she might she might lose her seat to not him but to a tory on that basis um it's, it's, fuck it's the lib dems fuck those guys oh my god <laughs> all yeah. right he's back it's... folks <laughs> he's fucking pieces of shit i i mean you know what they're doing it's like it, the mm. the traditional Lib Dem anthem is like the land, right? Yeah. Which is also like the traditional Georgia song. But I. Oh yeah. And here are the fucking Lib Dems like proposing like direct subsidies to landlords as like <laughs> you know what? like one of their major fucking campaign you know platforms, right? You know, like I have yeah. a lot of problems with like Georgia's socialism as a concept, but these fucking Lib Dems. Are like appropriating the own one of the few positive contributions to society Pennsylvania has ever made. <laughs> These pieces of shit! Oh my god! I just, yeah, I, 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 I want to see a slightly weirder timeline in which we got uh, the same shitty neoliberal party but claimed as an outgrowth of, like, Fourierist socialism. Oh. <laughs> so they're just, they're just doing all the same shit, but they're singing about how the sea is going to turn into lemonade under communism. I mean... Good lord. I like lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, uh, land value tax, probably a good idea, but Harrisburg, Pennsylvania is not exactly God's planned paradise. Anyway, paradise. so... Paradise. <laughs> Par Paradise. Oh, <laughs> Rename the group chat. All right. So, anyway, uh, you, so this fire through through the chimney effect that the cladding created, um, this fire got out of control very quickly. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to play a YouTube video that some firefighters took as they were heading towards the mm. fire, which had rapidly gotten out of control. Uh, content warning: This is some serious shit. It is, yeah, it is, it, if, if you were, sort of, I feel like ev almost everyone in Britain was on some level traumatized by this happening, this is gonna do it again, so, yeah, be, be aware. Jesus Christ, mate. Mate, is that, that's not a real block of people in it. Fuck me. Mate, how the fuck are we gonna get to that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, 
I mean, I think the thing that always strikes me when I see that, because I was the one who who dug this up for this, um, is the disbelief, right? Like, it's not something that's supposed to happen, even by the standards of, like, you you go to, like, stuff going wrong for a living. Um, it's, it, it's this sort of thing that's completely outside the context of even stuff that goes wrong. Uh, yeah, it's like yeah, there's there's it, absolutely no way a, a tower block like this was supposed to catch fire in that particular way. Like, you could imagine right. a lot of bad situations, but not that one. Well, like, uh, just to be timely, the um the commissioner of the London Fire Brigade, Danny Cotton, she just resigned over... The- uh yeah well she, the thing is she um the actual firefighting was you know I I think as best as was possible but she had a real uh problem with the PR afterwards especially like having been there and having like run that scene and having been like thoroughly traumatized doing it uh but at at the inquiry the public inquiry into this um she had this she had two things she said that she wouldn't have done anything differently which of course not great, but then she also she got quite uh, defensive and quite irritated because one of the uh, one of the barristers asked her, "Did you have an operational plan for a uh, you know a, a fire like this in a high rise tower block?" And she said, "No, for the same reason I don't have an operational plan for the space shuttle crashing. It's not meant to happen." Uh, and, and that ended up being the thing that that forced her out. But like at the same time, I I do see where she was coming from. It's not something that you can reasonably be expected to plan for. There are high-rise fires, and we'll get into this later in the podcast, high-rise fires are very, very difficult to uh, fight in any capacity anywhere in the world, and no one has really a good plan for like no. fighting one right. that's gotten out of control like this, it's 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 just it's a problem which has not been solved, except by to hear in chat in you know some videos on YouTube. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a series of horrible options. If you send firefighters into that building, you're looking at the possibility that you're just going to kill all of them too, uh, th- which they did anyway, and they still saved some people, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 the the uh, this is one of the situations where the only thing you can really do about it is prevention. Um and as as we have seen in the previous slides, we they serially fucked every chance to do that. So yeah. So uh, the scene we looked at I believe was around 1:30, 1:40ish in the morning. The the fire had already spread around the building in like an hour. Um, mm. smoke had filled the single stairwell, which made escaping difficult uh, on your own, right? Um, yeah. And if you were still in the building at about one fifty-eight in the morning, uh, you had about a 50% chance of escaping, you know, half the people yeah. in there died. And that's, and that's if, if, if you, uh, made the choice to, because at this point the fire brigade was still on the phone, which, you know, still you still have a mobile signal, still telling people that it's it's safest to stay in your yeah. flat. Um And they didn't they didn't stop saying that until two forty seven. Jesus no, Christ. Um, uh well what they what they were trying to do was and this literally it came down to people they staged in the like the building lobby and they had people 
running back and forth, just like residents, with slips of paper with who was in what flat when, so that they could send firefighters up to get them. Uh, but because it's it's full of smoke, uh, it's people are moving around, and so you end up with a lot of cases where the firefighters miss people or they can't find people, and there's just it it's just an impossible situation. Basically, yeah. I mean, um, they so they abandoned the stay put policy at about two forty seven in the morning. Um, yeah, which is like an hour after you like. It, hindsight being twenty twenty, you would have wanted to. I don't think anyone, any, no one expected this fire to get as big as it did. I mean, that's the no. thing. And then, you know, you have the standard sort of depressing high-rise fire stuff, you know. Folks were jumping out of windows instead of getting burned to death. I believe someone, oh, yeah. one person managed to escape by knitting a, a, a rope out of bed sheets. Um, yeah. So good on that. Well, I mean, the 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 horror, the thing that really fucked me up was uh, there was there were a lot of live streams, but there was this one woman on I think the twentieth floor who was live streaming and just like uh, you know could see the 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 fire engines and everything uh, like uh, twenty floors below her and just could do nothing. So that's fucking horrifying. It's it it it's it is fucking horrifying. It's grim. Um. It. And yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where where social media is a way where you can really fuck yourself up like that because you just you have all of this like you know what else were these people supposed to do? Um, and yeah, no, now that's 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 on the internet forever. Uh, just well, one of the lucky things though was that it was Ramadan, right? Yes. So yeah. a lot of the residents of the tower were Muslim, and therefore. Mm -hmm. They were awake for the pre the the meal of Suhor. Suhor. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for saying that before. <laughs> yes, I got. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, the the. I feel bad because, like, if you're Muslim and it's it's Ramadan, that's just, this is really the cap to a shitty day. Is you <laughs> fucking you've been fasting all day? It's uh, like this far north; it lasts for fucking ever, and then you finally get to eat, and then just what's what's the worst thing that could happen to you at that moment? Is oh yeah, and your house catches fire, um, and you got to go and wake up all of your neighbors. God damn it! I'm converting to Catholicism so I can drink <laughs> with impunity. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 it's, that's no, we'll really is just putting the cap on a, a absolutely shit day. Um, yeah. So, um, I believe firefighters got up to about the 10th story and rescued most folks. Um, but from the yeah. 20th story onward, I believe only two people got out of the tower alive. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, well, they, they, they still didn't, it, it, it took them until like four in the morning to get, engineers out to be able to say this isn't going to fall down and i think one of the concerns within the fire brigade at that time was if you sent uh if you sent a bunch of firefighters up to uh to rescue people and it just you know 9-11 and it just like pancaked down yeah um so so overall 72 people were killed by the fire and the aftermath hmm sort of like what's the aftermath right um Number one, Grenfell Tower held the um, sort of utilities for the entire estate, right? So the mm -hmm. three yeah, low, 
the three low-rise blocks on the estate like lost hot water and they were uninhabitable. Um, yeah, well, th- this was why they were renovating it to have individual heaters, was that it was built with the, like a gigantic boiler in the basement uh, that just did the whole estate. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it was like really bad for like the flats because it heated it too much, which yeah. I mean is, you know, kind of same thing here in Philly, but... Uh... I thought you were going to say the same thing in the picture. I'm like, well, on a thermal <laughs> level, yes, but... <laughs> A lot of residents of this tower block have not been permanently rehoused to this day. Nope. That's fucking shame. embarrassing. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, Jacob Rees-Mogg's... Fuck Jacob Rees-Mogg. The... Oh my yeah. god. That fucking guy. First, I mean, on one level, I'm grateful for, to him for going full mask off first day after the election was called straight out of the barrel with well, if I was in a burning building, I would just leave. I would simply um, leave. Yeah, alright, well, yeah. fucking d- go d- into a burning building, that asshole. These fucking dumbasses staying where they were, like the, like, the, like the fire brigade told them to. What a fucking uh, garbage yeah, person. I, 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 I would be smarter than that, and I would just leave. The very American mindset. Yeah. I gotta say. Remember that time oh, yeah. Mark Wahlberg sure, said? I'm sure Mr. Moggs <laughs> would not like me to he- would not like to hear that. <laughs> but luckily, we don't have your libel laws. And Mark Wahlberg said, yeah. "If I was there, 9/11 wouldn't have gone down that way." And it was the fucking <laughs> same fucking mentality. I just like. Was he gonna fight? The I planes? think he was gonna like try to flight 93 all of them like by himself. Uh, which is. Uh. He he was he was gonna try and shoot them all down with a missile. It's that it, it no, it's the end of uh, Strange Love, where he just rides a sidewinder into another plane. <laughs> Bro, I have logged over one thousand hours in Microsoft Flight Simulator Ten. <laughs> yeah, uh, you literally have, bud. <laughs> I've never played Microsoft Flight Simulator Ten. Oh. I'm a train simulator guy. Oh. Oh, um, of course. My, I can my definitely bad. prevent the train nine eleven. That's good. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, tr- train nine eleven is probably King's Cross uh, Station Fire, which we'll also do at some point. Yes. Or, or maybe maybe it's in Shade. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't even know how you pronounce that. The one with the German Eschlade. ice train. Eschlade. Okay. Yeah, but I would say it would probably be the one where um, some teenagers flipped a switch as a prank on the Northeast Corridor and it threw a Northeast Regional into a building. That was a long, long time ago. Or whatever nah. the equivalent of the Northeast Regional was at the time. Um, uh, uh. But, so yeah, Jacob Rees-Mogg says common sense would say you should get out of the building. Well, you know, one of the things about common sense is, of course, it's not very common, but it's also it not be... sense. Yeah. Also, like, to, to hold on to your common sense while also breathing cyanide fumes coming up through your floor... Um, and also, like, trusting it over the professional uh, rescue service that's meant to, like, understand what's happening to you and how you can best uh, help yourself. That, that's, that's not exactly common, either. If, if my house were on fire, right, um, mm-hmm. and the fire brigade told me, you know, you should stay put, it would be safer. Yeah. Well, I know that there are exactly 12 feet between me and the outside, so I would leave. But if there are 20 flights of stairs between me and the outside, one stairwell, stairwell, yeah. Which is full of smoke, full of 
people going down, firefighters going up, uh, because that was the other thing about them not sending people above the tenth floor, was that they, uh, you know, wearing the breathing apparatus uh, and carrying tools and everything, if you're just sending, like, like four guys, you block a stairwell completely. Um, and, you know, nobody is getting down past you. It it, 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 it it makes sense. Like, the folks would follow instructions here, right? You know, whatever, you know, Jacob Rees-Moggs, maybe he could get him... Maybe Jacob Rees-Moggs could get Jacob Rees-Moggs out of the building. I don't know if he could have gotten anyone else out of no. the building. <laughs> no. I believe uh, shortly afterwards, uh, Jeremy Corbyn called for the state to appropriate empty housing in the area to house the victims who were out of house and home at this point. Uh... And that doesn't happen, of course, yeah. because... Well, that's the, the, the thing is, that's a particularly good idea, because, as I mentioned earlier, Kensington and Chelsea is... Uh, it, I, I feel like in the States, it's much less common to have these areas where just geographically and administratively, you have incredibly rich and incredibly poor so close together. Well, we have, we have a place like that in Philadelphia, hmm. which is called Kensington, actually. Um. Oh, well, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the, the very rich end, right? Um, is full of uh, property that's owned purely for speculation. Uh, to you know, to play the housing market, and it's it, it's empty. It's always going to be empty. Uh, and like using it to rehouse people who have been uh, you know, burned out of their homes seems like a a, a very fundamentally decent and good idea, which is why we didn't do it. Obviously, yeah. That's not fucking right. <sighs> this fucking country, man. I, yeah, I get back to me after the election to see if I'm fully blackpilled on this shit because, uh, I don't know. You just go straight up Tory, you know, that, you know, Please don't. none of us would blame you for it. Yeah, no, I would. Don't. I yeah, would. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, it, no, I, you, you, you've got to uh, you, I join those people who are like at the um, energy conferences. Like, we should pump more coal into the atmosphere, actually, uh, because it's good. Maybe we don't. We, maybe we don't have enough carbon dioxide. The, I just join those guys. The CO two coalition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Theresa May, of course, announced a public inquiry that's ongoing. Never, never met with any of the victims. Oh, of course not. Why would you? Um, why? She, why would you do that? Yeah. She 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 went there the day after. She talked to some firefighters, and then none of the people who you know lost. Oh, how noble! Uh, th this 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 did not hurt her politically no, of course not. at all. Of course, no. Fuck the Tories with a tire iron. Yeah. <laughs> there was recently a civil suit followed up. Civil lawsuit filed in Philadelphia against huh. Arconic and Celatex. The manufacturers of the cladding and the insulation, respectively, mm. um, you know, say, how, how could you allow this to happen, right? Um, mm. They sold their products to, you know, a project which was obviously installing it incorrectly, right? Yeah. This is well, also I ongoing. Mean... I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in that one, given that, as as we saw in all of the spec sheets and all of the instructions, it's like, yeah, don't do this thing. Did you say do it? Uh, yeah. Well, th this is the problem, is, uh, unbeknownst to them, they had had a printing error, and they had accidentally omitted the don't in all of the, like, spec sheets. Exactly, right? Yeah, both these manufacturers. I mean, the thing is, it, it, these, these products go through so many resellers on the way to right. the final project. 
it's like yeah. really difficult for you know like like I don't know uh some some guy hey hey uh Tony uh facade materials uh hey I'm gonna sell you yeah you could probably use that it'll probably be fine yeah uh yeah Kensington Council yeah you can probably use that yeah forget about it I was waiting forget for the forget it. about it <laughs> you never let me down bud you know uh high rise fires uh hey what's the deal right. Hey. Uh, what's the deal with high-rise <laughs> fires? Yeah, yeah, you know, like low-rise buildings catch fire like this, but high-rise buildings catch fire like this. This is how fire codes are oriented, though, right? Is that like we have these flammable claddings which were allowed to put on low-rise buildings, um, which were the kinds which were applied to Grenfell, a high-rise building. You know, the idea of building a low-rise building, well, you can probably get out of there pretty quickly. Right, and we yeah. can have this slightly cheaper product, which is not you know flame resistant. Um, but when we apply them to high rise buildings, you know it's not a it's not a good time. High rise fires uh, are just very very dangerous and difficult to fight. Right, prevention is the only option. Yeah, I mean, unless you do the brains genius. Uh, Donald Trump thing of why don't you just have a plane dump a bunch of water on it? Well, uh, asshole. Uh. You know, no, no, nobody's tried that yet, so we don't know if it works or not. This is true. Yes. Um, we could have just like we could have had a, a a big plane just dump a bunch of water on it and collapse the whole building. Uh, even like the the best prevention, I guess, is of course a sprinkler system. Which, for whatever yeah. reason, you don't have in the uh, United because Kingdom. Because fuck sprinklers, yeah. It's bizarre. No, yeah, I, I, I don't... What I put on the screen here is one Meridian Plaza, which is the closest thing I can think of, which happened in Philadelphia, uh, 1991. Uh. Uh, this was a high-rise fire. It burned through three floors, and then it hit the first floor where sprinklers were installed, and it was stopped dead. It, 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 no one could figure out how to fight it, but the sprinkler system, well, you know, that turned out to stop it. Now, what is crucially, this building didn't have flammable cladding, right? So it's not the same kind of fire, but if you had yeah. a sprinkler system in the Grenfell Tower, mm -hmm. it might have stopped the fire before it reached the cladding. But the thing is, yeah, the flammable I... cladding was still the problem. Yes, and I'm, there's still, there's been a spate of these fires because building high-rises with this cladding is not unique. It's it's cheaper and it looks quite aesthetic, so it's it's happened in, I think, Dubai, uh, in Australia. Uh, there's There's been a couple of high-rises where it's just uh, almost the same thing has happened, but never with results as bad. Uh, you, and uh, usually the difference is sprinkles. Um, whereas this was, I, I feel like it became impossible to fight within minutes and yeah no i don't it's it just absurd right it, yeah. it's 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 yeah. very bizarre it, it, it's obscene, like, obscene which, is the I word, about yeah. it yeah yeah it's obscene like i i don't understand like i when i when i first like heard of this i was like wow british fire codes are bad <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, well, they, they, they are but it's like it's it's I think uh, the culmination of at the very least forty years of politics in this country that have 
said either implicitly or explicitly that people like the people who are living in Grenfell Tower who were black or who were Muslim or who were refugees or asylum seekers. Um, which incidentally, we still we still don't necessarily know how many people were actually in the building at the time because of having a hostile environment and people not wanting to get deported means you have to live like a fugitive. Super yes. Um, yeah, but you, you, you it, when you conduct politics in such a way as to say that those people's lives don't matter, then this is this is what you're enabling. Um, if if you if you go back to the to the Grenfell slide, that's really the the sort of the epitaph for neoliberalism is you know that it's gonna it's gonna kill however many people. Uh, could be seventy two, could be a hundred, could be a thousand, could be a million. Uh, because it's it it's slightly cheaper and their lives aren't worth protecting. Um, it's it's a vicious ideology that has to be defeated at all costs. Absolutely, it's I, I, it puts everyone at risk too. Because like if these yes. are if these are the fire codes that we like like if if this is if this is the code, you know, and we we allow this sort of thing to happen, right. this this can happen to anyone. Let's say the like the the small business tyrant, right? Who vote who votes for Trump, or uh, like somebody who got who bought their council house under Thatcher might have had that upward mobility and think, oh well, okay, this you know th this might apply to them, but not to me. Uh, there was a video that came out um, at the end of the year when Grenfell happened of people having a Halloween effigy. Uh, burning, li literally burning Grenfell Tower in effigy, and somebody said something about them being benefits claimants, and somebody said something about how they should have paid their rent, and, I mean, that's, that does lead you to become completely black-billed and lose your faith in humanity, but the other thing is that for all of those people, like, this, th this same kind of politics is coming for you too. Um, there isn't, uh, like, an upper limit on this, and the more the um, the more the austerity increases, the more that this sort of uh, rhetoric of dehumanization is allowed to proceed, the more likely you are to find yourself thrown under the wheels of it too. Yep. Um, there were there were thirteen or fourteen, if I recall correctly, right to buy flats in the Grenfell Tower. Yeah, and it, it turns out turn turns out they burned the same fucking way. Um, yes. You. You have this most, like, the most Humean, the most Smith, the most Hobbes right of all under capitalism, your right to property, and it avails you nothing at all. Shit still burns, as it, it turns you know, out, yeah. Shit still burns the same way, yeah. Yes. Um, so anybody who tells you that these, these like, the, 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 this form of capital is immutable, or intrinsic, or it's rational, or it's factual... Uh, is is lying through their teeth because when as soon as it meets something that actually is like say a law of thermodynamics, then it 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 falls apart. It, it, it's a paper tiger, and it it just killed seventy two people and left uh left everyone feeling uh, whatever <laughs> it is that I'm feeling now, just forever. Um, and yeah, we. I, I feel like we have uh, a duty, a moral duty, not to let this become normal. And it's it's a stark 
example of exactly this kind of politics because this this happens Grenfell something like Grenfell happens every single day but it's it's always more distributed right you don't have this big black skeleton of a building or you don't have heaps of bodies necessarily because you you don't pay attention to uh somebody dying because of homelessness or somebody dying of cuts to healthcare or whatever but it's all the same thing uh it, it's just a particularly stark example and reminder to us uh about what this kind of politics does it, it is socialism or barbarism and this is the barbarism yes yep i think you pretty much nailed it <laughs> vote labor vote labor yeah, pl please please um, please vote labor please vote labor um I want to get this out before the election, so I'm going to try and start to wrap this up. Of course, our next episode mm. is on the Tacoma Narrows Bridge disaster. Yeah, uh, which finally, finally, we can get some jokes in because that one, that's that's funny. I don't, <laughs> I don't give a shit about the dog in the car. Sorry. Oh, uh, <laughs> I give a shit about the dog. Maybe not the car though. I don't care about the car. <laughs> it's like an old Ford V8, and just like yeah, yeah. You see how many people make them into like fucking stupid, stupid looking hot rods. Like I assume, <laughs> I assume there's plenty yeah. of these things left over. I guess they're they're invincible. Yeah, a huge loss. That that could have had flames painted on it. Uh, it could have had a giant fucking uh, stupid engine sticking out of the hood. Awesome. Yeah. That, well, n now you're making me miss it. Now I think yeah, that would have been pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm 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 excited for the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. It'll be a palate cleanser. Yeah, uh, yeah. And for for whoever was saying about the in the in the comments about us doing but the Bhopal disaster, yes, but give us a minute. We, I feel like we have to do uh, a couple of frivolous ones minimum to everyone like this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just just as a final as a final like closing word, I I feel like if there is any utility in what we do aside from making jokes it's um oh we saw in the video the, the 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 firefighters being uh totally perplexed by this and one of them at the end says you know how how has this happened uh i i think if we can do in any fucking stupid <laughs> de minimis sort of way if we can articulate how things like this happen uh then that that is the value of us doing this dumb podcast um and you know i'm i'm glad if we can ever approach that yes i i mean it's 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 just there's no way you you could in that profession like take a look at that tower on fire and think i can do anything that will make a difference here it's it's mm -hmm. it's too much to handle right. it's like it it the one guy who was like laughing as he was looking at it, like I, I, I kind of relate to that the most. Because the brain like, breaks yeah, because down. Yeah. What, what else? Yeah. What, what else are you I, gonna I do? Yeah. I can't. I can't believe. I. Uh, it, there's nothing you can do, other than like, wow, someone fucked up, and I yeah. gotta figure it out. I might die. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. They um. They ended up with um, pretty much all of the London Fire Brigade there. Um. It's we don't have alarms for fires, but we have uh like numbers of engines, and this was I think forty Jeez, in total hell. by the end of it. One of the last posts from the Grenfell Action Group uh blog, 
was um, just uh, one of the last people who were posting to it being terrified that the inquiry was going to blame the fire brigade for the response. Which it did. did, did. Which, yeah. which it did. Yeah. Uh, which there was nothing they could do. Just straight no, up nothing I you mean, could do. Um, I mean, it's the same thing with, like, mixed feelings about uh, Danny Cotton, the commissioner, because... Yeah, like, on the one hand, boohoo, who cares that she loses out on a, a two million pound pension, or whatever. But on the other, like, she was there, she did command that operation, and then have to be extremely traumatized, and then go to this inquest where she just kind of fucked it from a PR perspective, uh, and hurt a lot of people's feelings. But... You know that it's, it's a Kobayashi Maru yes. situation. Yes, right yeah, it, it literally yeah. is, and I, I don't know, I, I don't know how you can, you can get on the stand and say, yeah, I wouldn't have done anything differently, uh, to a roomful of of survivors and relatives, but, but I don't know how you could express that otherwise that you were put in a position where you could do nothing to save a lot of people. Uh, and that you're still you're still proud of uh, the work that your firefighters did. It's just that nobody. I mean, I think it's a very human thing uh, to look for blame. And, and like, I'm not. Of course. You know, obviously, if 72 fucking people are dead, like that's a systemic failure. That's yeah. all sorts of failure. Uh, but like, at some point, you just there are some. I think things you can't win, and one of those is like, yeah. Grenfell wasn't because the firefighters, like, decided to put the fucking cladding no. up. It's just, I think, speaks to institutional failure. People don't give a fuck about poor people. Yeah. If you needed a scapegoat, uh, then instead of the commissioner of the London Fire Brigade, I would suggest, perhaps, the councillor, who is the head of the tenant management organisation, who has the uh, wonderfully Tory name of Rock Fielding Mellon. Oh my god. Uh... Oh, I know. Jesus. Who, who is still a conservative oh, councillor in Kensington and Chelsea, and who, uh, the weekend after the fire, went to just have a party at his stately home in Cornwall. Um, Followed to the fucking sea. Yeah, no. Garbage country. How, nothing, how, nothing. Well, how nothing is his name that organized? This is like Rock Fielding. It is. His, his first name is Rock, like the fucking. Like, like Dwayne stone, the Rock Johnson. And yeah. then. So, someone, someone took Peter to to um, literally. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and the surname is Fielding, but I think it's spelled weirdly. Uh, hyphen Mellon. Yeah. Never trust anyone with a double barrel last name, myself included. <laughs> yeah, or me. <laughs> the, the the Tories. I I mean that just these. This is a group of people which is bastards. You know, just completely mm -hmm. alien to like. Mm -hmm human humankind like this is a um it, it the li they're, they're basically lizard people just based yeah. on what they name each other like <laughs> <laughs> yeah here, here. you can i i feel like you can get on whatever level of larouche you want to in that these people are lizards and demons it's just whether you believe that's a literal expression <laughs> or whether we're being metaphorical <laughs> Good lord. Yeah.
All right. Well, we're at one hour and thirty-nine minutes by my clock. Good I suppose we should transcribe wrap up. all of this shit. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we only got three people this time, so it should be a little easier. I know it'll be a little easier yeah. to edit. Thank God. So uh, let's go for the pitches. Uh, the commercial hmm. at the end of the episode. Um, listen to Trash Future. We get very angry about other British politics things that all tie into the same underlying inhumanity. Yes, uh, listen to, uh, watch my YouTube channel, boy. or I guess you could listen to it too. Yeah, yeah. You, you could just listen to it and not watch the thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, you, you, st you still get the views. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's called Do Not Eat 01 versus Do Not Eat. Oh, how do you not know your, okay. <laughs> because they, I had to change them every time between every platform I go on, because someone's always taking Do Not Eat. You are you are Do Not Eat 01 on YouTube. You are Do Not Eat 1 on Twitter. Maybe okay. you should get a better name. I, you know, you know, I, I gotta keep the branding. Um, you know, I'm yeah, not gonna change true. it. Sure. So you, you got that little coin uh, and everything. It's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a nice token. So, so somebody did, in who did fan art for the show, and I love that people are doing fan art for the show. Drew you as yeah. the token <laughs> wearing a heart an angry hat, gray was... ball, which is honestly pretty yeah, spot on. <laughs> Personally, I can't wait for the trailer guy fan art, but spoilers. Um, no, I forgot we hadn't released that. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess wrap this up for once and for all. Uh, I am Liam yeah. Anderson. I am at Old Man Anderson on Twitter. Uh, vote Labour. I can say as a Jewish person, uh, the, the Tories are not your friends, folks. Um, no. So I feel like I get to speak on anti-Semitism, and uh, I say, eat a dick, Tories. Uh, so yeah, uh, good luck to you in the election, etc. Yeah, thank you. Uh, vote, vote labor. labor. Yeah, vote, vote labor. labor. Vote Labor. You're just right. vote labor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just fa just fade and us down. Pronouns are he yeah. him, by vote, the way. Vote, 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 labor. Vote, vote labor. Vote labor. My pronouns are vote vote labor. Vote labor. Uh, did you just assume my political vote labor. party? <laughs> yes, vote labor. I did, labor. and I insist. You have my political my political party, <laughs> which is labor <laughs> and voting. Vote labor. Vote labor. Vote, vote labor. Vote labor. Vote labor. Vote labor. And I'm vote killing labor. it. Vote labor. Vote labor. Vote labor. We're going to keep going around until it becomes funny again. Vote labor. labor. Oh, shake, I like shake that. Shake hands with labor. Oh, that's good. Shake yeah. hands with labor. With labor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end my recording.